Hello, it's Andromeda LC, and on this episode, I'm gonna talk about something controversial in parenting world and such a dilemma for parents. I'm gonna write or read actually my write up and breakdown on immunity and vaccinations. Um, this will also give me a chance to revise what I've written. It's very long, so but as there's a lot of actual information on uh, on vaccinations and the diseases that we vaccinate for on CDC. So the CDC provides a lot of good information nowadays on their website. Uh, It's very transparent, and it also talks about um, the ingredients of vaccinations, the um, possible side effects, and it's all um, um, by age and by disease, so you'll actually enjoy using their website. Um, The big warning from them is to always... Be aware that one, your child shouldn't be allergic to medication or vaccinations or neither eggs because the vaccinations are based on egg proteins or some of them. So you have to look into that as well. um, Second of all, your child should not be having some kind of cold at the moment or a deprived immunity. Basically, if you've noticed any kind of reaction, um, as in a not normal reaction or a minus in your child's development, um, you should be extra careful with uh, giving extra vaccines. So, uh, as you are following the schedule, you just make sure that your child's immunity and health is above all so the vaccination is added onto their strong immunity so this is a warning um the following information is based on awareness and gathering of information as a thinker in human development i'm not a physician or your personal doctor this chapter is merely entertaining info and thoughts for you to empower yourself Research and check with your doctors and your doctor's advice for whatever questions and concerns you have for you or your child. Vaccinations are a big controversy in the parenting world and within the individual parent's mind and intuition. There are theories and doctors' testimonials about the impact of the toxic components added to the vaccine and the overall use of vaccinations as boosters. There is a conspiracy belief telling us of a hidden agenda to drug people with toxic elements like mercury in order to make people's brain and gut ill and retarded. There is a database kept online for all these cases of a health gone wrong right after vaccination. These include severe cases, autism, retardation and death. The more sensible thing to do is to look into one your own vaccination schedule because you gave antibodies to your child during pregnancy. 2. The standard vaccination schedule according to your country. 3. 
get more informed about the correlation to your child. The doctor will want you to follow up the schedule without exception because they believe in any medication and vaccination contributing to the health of a person without considering the person, although the person might be allergic to certain vaccines. Also, I learned from one doctor at a vaccination center in the Netherlands that we cannot vaccinate for all types or strings of virus of the same disease, such as the influenza A, B and C, and hepatitis A and B and even C and E, of which only hepatitis B is in the standard schedules. In the Netherlands, the meningococcal vaccination includes a type A, C, W and Y. In the UK, only type B is vaccinated, and in the US, all A, B, C, W, Y are done. So why doesn't the UK vaccinate for A, C, W and Y, and why does the Netherlands not vaccinate for B? We should consider that a vaccine is rather ineffective when a type XYZ of the same virus exists, keeps mutating and potentially hits a person despite the vaccination they had. This is why our immune system and general health through food and vitamins remains crucial to protect and create the barrier against or rather with the virus and bacteria that already continuously exist in our bodies and around us. A vaccination is still a medication and if we would take all the possible vaccinations for all the possible disease, we could reg register one every day to a child. There are severe or deadly diseases we cannot yet vaccinate against, such as malaria, HIV, cancer, as well as autism, ADHD, bipolarity, and suicide. All vaccine-related diseases don't just appear, especially in communities where vaccination is a norm. If the community is vaccinated, the virus stands less or no chance in that broader context. You can keep your own baby's health in check with your and your doctor's guidance or consult a homeopathic doctor. Vaccines are not without danger. That is what the community of people with cases wants to warn new parents for. You might want to be careful following up very closely and blindly on all possible vaccinations in your country um, or the world. When we travel to other continents, we need extra vaccinations. And this is where the dilemma of parents comes in. You might want to consider giving only one shot or oral medication in order to follow up on any possible side effects or allergies to that certain medication. If, for example, your child had a stomach or digestive problem or is generally allergic, you can isolate this vaccination and wait with the next vaccination until you are more certain of your child's gut health, health and reactions. Logically, if a healthy person would take medication, even an over-counter drugs, this person will feel affected or even seriously ill depending on the body and mind's reaction to the chemical. Vaccines are the dead version of viruses. The question is, are they that pure? The components or buildup of medication can cause allergies, ADHD, autism, seizures, coma, and even death. I was sure to give my child as much as possible from the fourth trimester 
to develop, strengthen and build up their own birth and body intelligence, which is ultimately their immune system. Sometimes we tend to think that vaccines are the immunity instead of the actual immunity system of the body. Um, the better we know our child's capabilities from the third month, including their general habits, health and development through movement and communication, the better we can compare the possible minus or declining health after medication. Some parents have reported a decline or disappearing speech from their child after vaccination. The general public says that MMR vaccine and especially the booster is thought to be the wrongdoer when the health in the child suddenly turns against them. It might be the vaccine, it might be the repetition, or it might be the buildup of the previous chemicals or toxins. But why are they there, or are they the virus? Toxins from cells themselves. A saturation of toxins has reached its limit and the body responds with a natural toxic or detox reaction when it creates an inflammation. Autism is an infection in the brain. Homeopathy and gut health can be the remedy in order to detox the brain and system. This is our plan B for the conscious parent. Basically, a disease is a detox reaction. It is still a way of the body to survive because your body will do anything in order to remain and maintain itself and survive. Remain aware that there are more vaccinations in process out there available to us than the days in the year and there are even more viruses alive than the minutes of the day. So we can simply not protect ourselves with a simple shot and their boosters. We will also look at the history of disease and vaccinations. For general health, we need to maintain our immunity, our hygiene, our emotional well-being, and our diet to live a healthy life. It is a terrible dilemma and sometimes we need to know too much in order to proceed with vaccinations for our children or to completely ignore the subject. Although most governments and schools will not allow you to ignore vaccination schedules and will put the pressure and regulation to have you obey to some degree or at least to the basic schedule. The tetanus vaccines protect us in case of an accident whilst playing in nature or a severe accident such as a car crash. Because the disease is transmitted through a flesh wound in contact with rust or bacteria from the dirt. In some countries and risk zones where disease is commonly spread, perhaps through mosquitoes like malaria, through the water and food as well as tuberculosis which is spread through the air, you are the best to protect yourself with a vaccine. I had the fine experience of a helper in my household with an inactive tuberculosis after taking care of my babies. Besides common sense, vitamins and vaccinations, I am a firm believer that our body is the intelligent system it is and our body's intelligent system is responsible for those underlying systems of health. Vitamins and vaccines are added onto that system to empower them. The immune system itself is far more complex and intelligent than any computers designed by humans. Our spirit is responsible for the energetic health of that system, including making it walk, talk, move, heal and pump blood through our veins and oxygen through our lungs with every breath we take. We don't do all this superconsciously nor unconsciously. We do this with the spirit of the subconscious. The 
Baby's immune system is adapting to the outside world as soon as the baby is born. Even the mother's previous immunity and vaccines to certain viruses contribute to the baby's immune system during pregnancy. The baby is quite literally made of the fiber she's made of and more magic. The passage through the birth canal and the first hands that touch are the very first contact with the bacteria and overall health. After birth, our gut builds up healthy bacteria, probiotics and starts to mature, but it needs time to mature so the baby has gas cramps. Your baby will form gases, which are actually air bubbles, through the ingestion and digestion of milk, as well as the type of bottle you are using. Using a bottle like Dr. Brown bottles with an air circulation system will allow them to drink the milk without sucking in the air to their stomach. This type of bottle with an air system will also be beneficiary for any reflux. You can help your baby by supplementing probiotics, either from the pharmacy or homemade fermentation. The bowels are so fresh and immature for a newborn, needs time to ingest all the good bacteria for it to form the colony of healthy human gut, which is part of our strong immunity. Hence, vitamin K and probacteria and fermented foods, which we should keep consuming. Everyday contact with objects, people, nature and daily routine care is the way to grow an even stronger immune system. Our world, our soil, and our bodies are made of bacteria. After six months, your baby is more solid and can handle impacts better than you might sense. By the time the baby has passed his fourth trimester of pregnancy, the colon has matured, hence the stage your baby will experience less or no colic problems at all. To boost this process, you can give the newborn a supplement of probiotics, as we spoke, the health gut bacteria and prebiotic. Prebiotic is the food that probiotics thrive on. This way of speeding up the digestion can leave your baby skipping almost all colic problems. Now some considerations for vaccinations and immunity. Consideration 1. When the mother has had vaccinations as a child or is administered vaccines during pregnancy, the unborn baby will take the antidotes to that disease. Check which vaccines and boosters you had and which ones are available for you during pregnancy. The measles, for example, can be harmless to a child, but certainly not to an adult and a pregnant woman. She cannot take medicine. Even if a disease is mostly or not at risk or harmful to your baby, you do not want to be sick during pregnancy because you will not heal as easily or at all, and you cannot take any medication to aid you through it. Consideration 2. Traveling after vaccination is not such a great idea at all. Plan the vaccination at least a week before your travel day and to be safe at least two weeks before traveling in case your baby is sick for one week. Any vaccination can come with temperature and make the child sick, which is not a condition to travel in. Besides, in some countries, travelers are not permitted to enter when they have a temperature, and this will be measured automatically by scanning devices. Consideration 3. Check the Real Stories, Real People section of the National Foundation for Infectious Disease for better insight into the risk, prevention, treatment, and reality of the diseases mentioned in the basic vaccination schedule, including flu, influenza, to understand the seriousness and danger of the disease we are vaccinated against. 
Below, I am including a timeline of vaccines to see the development and the amount of vaccines available in the market, as well as to understand better the relation to the disease outbreaks. The first vaccine was for smallpox in 1797, and it wasn't until 1980 when the smallpox was declared eradicated. It is the only eradicated disease so far. The MMR vaccine wasn't developed until 1968 up to 70. This means our grandparents still lived in the period of where the measles, mumps, and rubella existed naturally without the vaccination efforts. Nowadays, it is advised to take the vaccine as an adult if you're planning to be pregnant and did not have the vaccine as a child to avoid any birth defects. The same applies for the people that live or surround a pregnant woman, and she should always avoid people that do have measles or rubella. I had to avoid a family member on Easter for this exact reason, especially because my parents and I were not sure if I was ever vaccinated as a child. I was born in the 80s, but there was no record for us to check and be sure about my status, plus no memory of me having had either measles or rubella. These viruses are not as harsh on young children as they are on young adults. For adults, it can lead to infertility and even death. And that's why in the 80s and previously, it was said better to have had the virus disease and kids were gathered at a chickenpox party to contaminate amongst each other. Now a list. Chickenpox is the varicella. It's related to herpes, Caused by the zoster virus, not considered deadly, no vaccination in the basic program. Shingles is a reactivation of the zoster virus, the chickenpox virus. Actually, nowadays there is a chickenpox varicella um, vaccination available with the MMR, so it's the MMRV. Um, then we have smallpox caused by the variola virus, it's other than the chickenpox virus, nowadays eradicated, which makes it the only eradicated virus, leaving scars on the body and especially the face and deadly to 30% of infected people. In the 20th century, 300 million people were infected. Measles, measles virus, is other than chickenpox and smallpox virus. More than 140,000 people died in 2018 worldwide, most under the age of 5, and usually after the virus had caused pneumonia, um, with 50 to 70 death cases currently in Europe, despite the safe and available vaccine. Adults are often hospitalized when infected in the disease, along with meningitis, which is an infection of the blood, is on a strong rise in Europe in the recent years, 2016 until 2019, with over 80,000 cases, probably due to the less vaccination and or different measles virus strands, the first dose is administered right after the first birthing schedule of Europe, the UK and US as MMR. The second dose at three to years, um, 
four months in the UK, in the US between four and six years old, and in the Netherlands at age nine, but not without controversy. About 15% of vaccinated children fail to develop immunity from the first dose, but it is the second dose that receives negative feedback and controversy, including a cause of diabetes in young children. A short answer here to a toxic reaction would be to keep detoxing and to go to a doctor with holistic and nutritional follow-up. If you see any symptoms, to help detox more, which health-conscious parents would like to do after each vaccine. Before the introduction of measles vaccine in 1963 and widespread vaccination, major epidemics occurred approximately every two to three years, and measles caused an estimated 2.6 million deaths each year. There are two side notes. One, probably you can test the immunity of your child for these three viruses before adding the second booster, so you can probably choose to only administer one at a time and only when your child is in a good condition. The MMR vaccine and the booster has been controversy since controversial since 1993 by Andrew Wakefield and the public because of the toxic effects and the permanent reaction, mainly bowel or Crohn's disease and autism, which autism, uh, the brain is linked to the gut. In most cases, read about the correlation between gut and brain health and inflammation, brain inflammation. In one UK study, 28 out of the 38 parents with a child suffering thought that the MMR vaccine had contributed to their child's autism toxins and the effect of these on behavioral and brain health or development can probably be treated with detoxification, natural remedies, diet and homeopathy. Equally, many cases have been successful at this. The Department of Health would like a 95% uptake of the MMR to achieve herd immunity. Recent years, it has been 80 to 85%. Side note 2. In my personal view, a difference needs to be made between medieval and modern day diseases. Autism is not a medieval disease, it's typically a modern disease. Modern day diseases are typically caused by toxins such as diet, chemical stress, trauma and medication, rather than a virus of a medieval disease. But bacteria and virus do like a host with lots of stress and toxicity, high pH levels, lack of vitamins and minerals, and in basic, a low body immunity. A good immunity is a natural state which is grown during pregnancy, births, the first year of life, and maintained throughout a lifetime of inner peace. All disease is caused by an infection, high acidity, alkaline, pH balance, out of balance, but the infection is caused by stress and toxicity, uncleanliness, chemicals, medication, addictions. The infection develops, without treatment, into inflammation, which is disease, and internal damage, no repair, scars, disrupted hormonal balance, and chemical imbalance which hosts the virus and bad bacteria with acidity and cell growth, cancer. Mumps caused by the paramyxorivirus, not usually deadly, but it carries a large danger for long-term effects on the brain and healing, hearing. And then rubella, which is German measles, 
It's important for pregnant women to have immunization against rubella, whether they had the vaccine as a child or as a young woman, before the chance of getting pregnant. Um, during the first three months of pregnancy, your baby has had a good chance for serious birth defects from 2001 up to 2010 79% of all reported cases were amongst people of age 15 years and older in most cases of rubella symptoms appear 16 to 18 days and 20 to 50% of people may not exhibit symptoms hand foot mouth disease Cuxaxi virus a 16 children not usually vaccinated for this virus The hepatitis vaccine wasn't developed until 1980s and 90s. This means that the generation of our parents lived in the period of this disease being naturally existent without vaccination efforts until the late 90s, as well as yourself if you were born in the 70s. This is about the hepatitis vaccine. Hepatitis is a virus existent in at least type A, B, and C, which settles in the liver, but usually only if the liver has been damaged through poor or bad diet and any addictions, including alcohol as well as medicine consumption. In that sense, it is not a medieval disease. It is actually extremely current. Vaccine for hepatitis B is included in the basic vaccination program, but not in every country does it include A and C. Consider the following entertaining thought. Do medieval disease still exist? Did vaccination eliminate all these diseases or keep them under control or eradicate it? Well, only smallpox was eradicated. We will further research this concept right here and now. Let's take a look at the list of medieval diseases by looking at the following list beneath the history of vaccination inventions. We can see that common medieval deaths and disease such as the plague failed to exist way before the first vaccine was invented. Unless the effort on smallpox, medieval viruses still exist for us until this day, unless the smallpox virus, smallpox vaccine is no longer part of the immunization schedules. Two, these are the diseases, bacteria, and virus that still exist as a vaccine in the immunization schedule and which every person is recommended to have to, for their own immunization. The virus that need a general eradication by herd immunization are DTP, influenza, the disease that still exists until this day in which every person needs to decide if they want a vaccine for their own um Immunization is leprosy, dysentery, typhoid, plague. Um, exotic disease were not as present on the European continent, especially during the medieval times, unless malaria, which is considered to be a medieval cause of death. Whilst writing this book, the first vaccine for malaria, Ebola and dengue fe fever, was invented in 2015. This means that those medieval diseases were not prevented or eradicated by a vaccination up until this day. Now, we will look at the exact history of vaccinations. The vaccinations indicated in bold are included in the basic immunization program. 
of most civilized countries. You can find information on each vaccine and disease at the website of WHO or I really recommend CDC. In the 18th century, there was the first development of vaccine, and it was the smallpox. In the 19th century, there was a vaccination for rabies and for tetanus, as well as other um, medieval diseases, but these are not uh, in our basic vaccination schedule. Um, they would include things as cholera, typhoid fever, and bubonic plague. In the 20th century, we have uh, development of the vaccine for tuberculosis, uh, the first vaccine for diphtheria. Um, in tetanus, so nowadays, as well as pertussis, so the whooping cough, nowadays known as DTP. Um, in the 20th century, we also developed the vaccine for influenza. But influenza is the flu and it mutates every year. So, and different strands can give you the cold or flu, which can be dangerous when it's a pneumonia or your immunity is deprived or you're an elderly or very young. Um, so there's not uh, one shot for that. Uh, influenza is a yearly follow-up. The other first vaccine was for polio. Now there were three types of polio virus, but uh, our vaccination for it, mm, well, the there was a live virus version and a dead virus version, and it's not suitable taking the live virus version because it has too many side effects, but it could still be in the basic vaccination schedule. Um, we have the first vaccine for measles, which is part of the MMR. It's a live virus vaccine. Um, so, yes, okay. And as well as the mumps is a live virus vaccine. As well as rubella is live virus. And this is also a reason why it's controversial. Um, so, yeah, because it's a live virus vaccination unlike the others mm, then there's a vaccine for pneumonia but pneumonia can be caused by so many bacteria and viruses um, there was also a vaccine for meningitis uh, also comes in the strands MCAWY um, So not uh, it's for sure something you would want to get vaccinated for, but then there's that many types, so your country might only vaccinate for one certain type. Um, obviously, they would take the type that is the most relevant in your country. There was also the first vaccine for the hepatitis B. And um, 
hepatitis B again, it's, it's, it targets the liver, and newborns are actually um, given this shot, and then there's hemophilus influenza type B, or short HIB, this is a type of strand which they can easily vaccinate for, and it helps to prevent it, so it is a flu, but it's the common, very common uh, flu, severe flu, but uh, yeah, the one that they can actually vaccinate for long term. And then also in the 20th century, there was the rotavirus uh, vaccinations in 1998. And the rotavirus is um, can cause dehydration because of diarrhea and vomiting. And dehydration is very dangerous um, anyway. So then... Um, there was, there were also other vaccines, um, but no need to mention them. Then in the 21st century, we have from the basic schedule was developed the first nasal influenza vaccine and the quadrivalent four strain influenza vaccine. Um, and the first vaccine for malaria. Okay, side note, rotavirus, uh, as I've already said, it's not that innocent. Then let's look at medieval diseases. Um, I'm going to actually take a pause here, and then uh, what will happen is we will look at these medieval diseases, whether there's a vaccine or not. And we will discover if they are virus-based or um, bacteria-based in some cases. Um, yes, and then we will look at the 20th century a bit more. Alright, and then we get to the end of it. So now we're going to look at the... Medieval diseases, but through the fact if this disease is based on a, <clears throat> a bacteria or a virus or a parasite. So the only parasite-based disease is malaria. Um, and it was a common uh, disease in Europe too. Um, so it's not from a bacteria or a virus. And malaria probably was common due to mosquitoes and sewage and water, rain, etc. Um, in 2015, a vaccine became available. Then let's look at bacteria. So um, this is a bacteria with animal origin and there's no vaccine. It's the plague or also called the Black Death. And it's called by a certain bacteria with a difficult name and it's typically found in small mammals and their fleas such as rats and their ticks and to spread to humans it um, comes through a tick bite <clears throat> so it can be treated with antibiotics nowadays um, and it's also it's destroyed by sunlight 
So according to the CDC Prevention Center, um, which indicates, of course, the importance of sunlight and a good hygiene or in a good hygiene, but there's no vaccine available for the plague. Okay, then let's look at a bacteria-related disease from the mid medieval times, which we live with as humans. So these diseases will give a um, will have a vaccine available, but with limited years of protection. Diphtheria, so diphtheria is part of the DTP um, vaccination. Um, it's an infection caused by the bacterium with a difficult name, causing a thick covering in the back of the throat. And yeah, this is very bad. Um, it can cause death. Um, so once a person has had the first dose, um, Wait, this is for the whole vaccine, okay? Um, so you're in the vaccine, you will also get tetanus, which tetanus comes from wounds in contact with bacteria and rust or soil. So just a simple scratch at the playground or a car accident or any kind of accident can cause this. But the valid the T of the DTP vaccine for tetanus is 10 years. So every 10 years, you should get a new shot to be protected. And the P in the DTP is pertussis, which is a whooping cough, the whooping cough. Mm. So, and yeah, it seems that the whooping cough is more of a lifetime protection perhaps but the tetanus and diphtheria is every 10 years okay mm, yeah so anyway this vaccine is in the basic um, schedules of children um, but also available for adults apparently of course because of the every 10 years Okay, so then there's, um, let's look at virus-related diseases from the Middle Evil, medieval times, um, which is smallpox, but smallpox has been eradicated. It's caused by the variola virus, not a bacteria, and um, yeah, it was eradicated in 1972 due to vaccines, as claimed. Um, all right, and then let's look at 20th century vaccines. Okay, so these are virus outbreaks that appeared mainly in the 1940s. In the above list so far, um, it, it comes down to only smallpox, as I've said, has been eradicated. Um, but you might have noticed some other diseases missing, which um, do occur in the current vaccination schedule. The reason being that those diseases were less present in the middle of times and more present in 1940s and 50s. And that's why I mention them now as a 20th century vaccine. Um, this is polio. So polio is caused by a virus and it's considered a historical human disease. 
has been present all throughout human history until this day, but only with epidemic outbreaks in the early 1900s, as well as 1940s and 50s, and that would uh, paralyze or kill over half a million worldwide every year. So they came with a polio vaccination and um, one, there are two variations. One is a live um, um, virus um, given orally and the other one is an inactivated virus injected. And actually the injected one is the only one considered safe. The other one, the oral one with the live virus uh, has a small risk of contracting the disease, polio. So, um, but check in your country, because I've seen, for example, in the place where I live, they still give uh, this oral live version of virus, of polio, so I would definitely refuse this by every means. Um, but that's also, I guess, up to you and your doctor to decide, but then why would it be in the schedule if it's a high-risk uh, vaccine, um, not it's not um, actually used any longer in the U.S. or Western world. So, but they would still use it in other parts of the world. Um, so go figure. Um, but the IPV, so the injection version, is safe enough. So if you can get the polio injection version, IPV you'd be good. There's another side note on polio vaccine um, from, made by Klaus Jungeblut in 1935. So he reported and scientifically researched that vitamin C on a daily basis is a possible cure and prevention of polio. Um, okay. And uh, as well as other infections which can cause a disease, such as pneumonia. Then let's look at the next one. It's measles, also called rubiola. Um, and this, uh, in this vaccination, which we will speak about, is including mumps and rubella. And uh, they are all based on the virus. These diseases are under control because of herd immunization with the MMR vaccination um, made in 1977. So, but outbreaks are still on the rise uh, in early years, uh, in recent years, because of the controversy towards the MMR vaccine, um, both the first shot and the booster, perhaps due to the fact that it is a weakened life version of the virus instead of a dead version. And maybe the second um, booster is a bit too much or it builds on top of the other toxins that have already been given in the earlier schedule. So anyway, it's in the stand standard vaccination of most countries for the immunization of the herd. So the more people that are vaccinated, the less uh, the disease will actually stand the chance or the, the virus will spread. So if your child for any reason could not take MMR vaccinations, either one or two, you are still uh, protected by the herd. 
but the government would always need some um, number of around 90% of herd immunization. Um, the last disease that we'll look at from the 20th century uh, is um, caused by a virus and it's the chickenpox, also called varicella. And a vaccine has been made available since 1995. Um, so again, these uh, diseases did not exist as such in medieval times as much. They were more of a current day disease or in the 1900s, the 20th century. Um, and each year, okay, for chickenpox, each year it causes... Um, complications and it can cause death for mainly in adults um, it's a it's actually more dangerous and severe than we assumed and especially young adults or adults and it reoccurs this disease uh, possibly in late adult life as shingles or in adult life or even younger it can come back as shingles which shingles is then hard to get rid of. Um, so it's better to have been vaccinated uh, and not actually get the potential of uh, contracting shingles. Um, as well, for pregnant people, it's very um, necessary to keep them safe and from chickenpox. And they also need to be vaccinated um, before um conceiving a child okay um then there is some there are some diseases with high mortality rates but they are inflammation diseases and they're typically caused by a bacteria or a virus um so but you have to check in your schedules if you have this vaccine available for this disease because they're not in all the standard vaccination programs. Um, one is the pneumococca and streptococcal. Um, yes. And... Uh, they can cause both, uh, they can cause pneumonia, and the bacteria uh, is up in like a variation of up to 23 types, so, which also will explain why um, having maybe a vaccine in your country is a bit difficult, if there are that many types of this bacteria. There's also meningococcus, meningococcal, um, in the Netherlands, I know they um, do uh, provide a vaccine. And this meningococcal bacteria uh, comes in many different types, in A, C, W, and Y. Um, this uh, can cause a meningitis, which is an infection of the um, blood. So pneumonia is infection of the lungs and meningitis is infection of the blood, but always caused by a, typically by a bacteria. 
Um, then the third one in this uh, list is hepatitis, which can cause liver disease, and they come in virus type A, B, C, D, and E. Well, usually in your vaccination schedule, there will be type A and B, um, but not always. So, yeah, and um, that's it. No more to say about that. The importance of ascorbic acid, again, vitamin C. So, Jungeblut researched this as, yeah, being very important and... Vitamin C is an ascorbic acid. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna talk about a little bit about a general health. So to maintain a good hygiene, you need a regular bath, washing hands, and taking showers with soap. Okay, so also note that taking full body baths is part of this hygiene. If you don't have a bath, it could be at someone else's house, or it could be replaced with going to the sea, or a lake, or a river, or um, anything like that. Go swimming in a pool. Um, yeah. Or create a big tub, uh, have a big tub and sit in this tub. Okay, and then nutrition, including vitamins, minerals, salt, pro-bacteria, um, anti-inflammatory and alkaline foods. Um, mm, yeah, like fermented foods. Okay. And a low intake of processed sugars. Then for movement, uh, any type of mo movement is good. Something that gets the blood circulating and oxygen in. Then sunlight. Uh, sunlight kills bacteria and virus. Um, you'll just notice when you look at the sun that you're sneezing. Um, so this is perfect for uh, your immunity. Then also love, care, and less stress. Um, what else is good for general hygiene? All, or I mean general health. All this will contribute to inner the inner environment, which creates a good and strong immunization system within the human body for prevention protection and healing benefits we call this health all these components of health were typically missing in the medieval times in europe but sometimes also particularly in our modern society and western lives i would like to make one overall conclusion um because often when we speak about vaccines, you would hear or we would tend to say or it's being said that vaccines are a dead version of the virus. But this is actually not true. When you look at the vaccination schedule and the diseases and they are split up and done as we've discussed it in this podcast in my write-up, you can see 
and I can count exactly five viruses from the basic immunization schedule based on bacteria and five um, diseases based on virus. The vaccinations based on a bacteria um, are a bacteria is not well a bacteria is a live component but um, actually it's not clear in if these bacteria are necessarily to be live or not live because actually it's bacteria that are live organisms and it's the virus which is not a live organism so viruses are not a live living organism viruses actually in virology are considered an exosome exosome so well a discretion of the cells um so a toxicity um this uh, and then so the five diseases that are based on the virus are polio measles mumps rubella and chickenpox and all these vaccines polio mmr and chickenpox are based on a live version of the virus unless maybe the ipv the injection of polio virus instead of the oral one because the oral one is a live virus and considered dangerous um, is not used in the western world but the ipv the injection is a weakened live virus probably but it's not a dead virus and again the virus cannot be dead because it's not a living organism um, the MMR is a live weakened version the chickenpox I am not sure but I assume that it's a live weakened version and again how can a virus be dead or weakened or whatsoever if it's not a actual organism just saying that when we talk about vaccines there are five diseases based on bacteria in the basic immunization schedule um, actually the fifth one is tuberculosis which is not um, basic in the western world but otherwise we have diphtheria which is the um, slime in the back of the throat tetanus which is from falling at the playground Pertussis, which is like a whooping cough, and then typhoid. Um, I like okay, this is a medieval disease, and tuberculosis, uh, which we just um, discussed. So those are all based on bacteria. Um, tuberculosis is a is a heavy disease of the lungs, um, and chronic. We cannot get rid of that bacteria and the consequences of it. Mm. So, yeah, and for example, the typhoid vaccine is made of live 
attenuated, attenuated live bacteria. It gives protection up to five years and is approved for use in individuals over six years old. Typhoid, by the way, is also not part of the basic schedule, but it's optional. And uh, yeah, and otherwise it's DTP. So diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, the whooping cough. Um, again, diphtheria is the thick um, covering of the back of the throat, thick slime, which is deadly. There's tetanus, falling at the playground, or having a personal accident with a rusty or metal object, or animals uh, can also uh, pass on this um, dangerous disease, which the vaccination provides protection up to 10 years. So, meaning as adults, we also take this vaccination in order to be protected from these kind of personal accidents. Mm, again, this DTP is bacteria-based, including the or additional the typhoid and the tuberculosis, bacteria-based. Um, then so the vaccine is bacteria, and then the vaccine virus is. They were only developed late nineteen, like in the nineteen hundreds, and um, that would be for polio. Um, for measles, mumps, and rubella, known as MMR, and as well, uh, lately, in 1995, the chickenpox, also known as varicella, and all of these pox and measles and everything um, are uh, actually enough dangerous to consider, but your uh, child's health is above all, so a live virus is actually um, could be a little bit more triggering or dangerous um, as well as the components of these um, particular vaccinations so yeah we still need to uh, consider our child's health but I'm just saying on this note that the vaccine of the virus related disease are a weakened live virus um, and so the whole statement of it's a dead virus does not apply to all disease does not apply to all vaccine and doesn't even apply to all um, va a virus based vaccine thank you very much